When you post hunting photos on Instagram, they get censored. When you post on Go Wild, you get virtual fist bumps from fellow hunters. When you buy gear on Amazon, you gas up a billionaire spaceship. When you buy gear on Go Wild, we donate to a camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. See the difference? Go Wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters. Join today at DownloadGoWild.com and I'll give you 10 bucks just for setting up your account. And you'll keep unlocking Go Wild rewards as you share content because guess what? We like hunting pictures. Join at DownloadGoWild.com or in the App Store. Yeah, so you, you're dealing with competition to no end. Well, they know us now because yeah. we get bear area. They know right. if we're in that area, there's bear there. Thanks for tuning in to another Woodsman Podcast. I'm extremely excited to bring this week's episode to you. This week I had a conversation with Mark Lesher, who is a very avid hunter and is a very avid bear hunter. And with bear season right around the corner, there's some information in this conversation that I don't think anybody here wants to miss. Now, whether you hunt with a group of guys and you're making drives or you know you kind of hunt together, or if you're hunting on your own, there's information in this podcast that can help you and you can use to your advantage one way or the other. So a little bit of a backstory on Mark. Um, Mark's somebody that since I'm a young kid, um, I've known, I've had a lot of respect for as a hunter, and I've learned a lot. And now I've been lucky enough, I've had the privilege to be able to hunt with him sometimes. I've been able to share some deer camp with him and, and you know do some muzzleloader hunting. And I was fortunate enough that during the archery deer-bear overlap uh, this past hunting season, I was able to share a camp with him, and he was able to tag his sixth bear to date. This is his second one with the crossbow, and his sixth one in total. Now, as as great as that is, um, what's even better is the fact that Mark hunts in a camp that has a lot of history, and he's learned a ton about bear and bear habits and hunting them in these areas over the course of his hunting career. And he's also helped put a lot of people on bear and successfully harvest bear and, uh, you know, work together with everybody in camp. And he helps organize those drives and organize the hunt however they plan to do it. It's it's very methodical. You know, if you've been to hunting cabins for bear that have, you know, just got together as one large group and made big drives – you know, some of those places, you know, you'll you'll kill some bear, and I, I personally go to a camp where we do that. We kill bear on a consistent basis. We average one one bear a year, and that's that's pretty good. But uh, Mark takes it to another level, and so does his crew. It seems as though they are way more methodical, and they're putting they're definitely doing their homework to be successful when bear season wraps around. I would definitely say that anybody that you can think of in white t- in the world of whitetails as uh, as crazy as we may be, you know, I would like to think of myself as one of those individuals. That's how they are with bear hunting, and you know, I stay tuned. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode, and uh, I, I hope you uh, hope you take something from it and learn something. So here we go. So like. When you started at camp, it was a whole crew of old guys. Yep. When you started going, yes. did you have, uh, like, what was the progression for you to get to the point where you're, you know, playing guide now? I mean, you just shot number six. So, this year you're going to be a guide. But, I mean, you were, you know, did you, did you, first of all, did you shoot that one on stand? 
That was the first time I ever got to be a stander, yeah. Okay. Oh, you, oh, you always always drivers to the young guys to the old guys. Yeah. So I had, well, to be a stander for that one, I had to go down the pipeline and up the other side of the mountain to be a stander. There's no access to the other side to the road. So, so when you were driving all that time, did you learn? Just was that your way of learning first of all learning all those all those woods? Yeah, learning the mountain. So did you learn a lot of it on your own, or was it just a lot of collaboration with your brothers and yeah. how to do them drives? A lot of collaboration with my brothers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's how it was. We did our that's what we did. We did our homework and got out there and right. made drives and checked it out and marked on the maps because the old days we had the topo maps on the on right. the wall at camp and we started marking out spots that we thought were good and just back started in the day they made drives from one mountain that were three four hours long. I was gonna say so for when you started late eighties late eighties yeah. and you know the old guys were. Out of shape, getting older, younger guys came in and you were making drives. So you started off, like you said, and that's kind of how we do it over with us. You were doing drives from, you know, one holler or one mountain to the next and yeah. just pushing one whole side hill. Yep. And that's how long did you do that? Uh, for years. I want to say a bunch of years. My first eight, 10 years, probably we did that. Okay. Yeah. So. When you were doing that, did you see stuff that was working? Or like, were you killing bear consistently doing that? No. Or? Really? No. So, did you just get a couple here and there? Or no. were they, did you shoot them on the stand or did the driver shoot them? On stand. On the stand? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't shoot many. And that's all we did all the time. We got there in the first morning. We got up and started lining up and made drives from yeah. morning till lunch. And we went back for lunch or did eight, eight lunch and we made drives after lunch. And we decided, well, the one year we decided there was a lot of bear at our camp. We had a lot of sighting of bear. And we decided that between me and my brothers or whoever, that we were going to sit the first morning instead of drives. Really? Because we were chasing other people. We make drives and we get to the end. Yeah. There's all the shooting and... You know, there'd be four bears shot in our drive, and we get one of them. So you had a lot going on where people knew you guys did because there's a lot of history at your camp. Right. So you were getting pushing bear around, yeah. people were killing them, yeah. and so you so killed every year. We got at least you know we would get one or two maybe, and but then everybody knew if we were going to drive because we drove the canyon, the whole canyon, yeah. both sides from the second day or the first day already, and so gangs would go in, people would go in and just sit in between our drives and wait for us to drive them. So you'd have like 20 to 25 guys every almost year when you're year, doing Yeah, we would full camp every year, almost 25 guys. So it was just lining a hill up. Now- The whole valley, the whole mountain. Now, did you do the drives the same way every year? Almost every way, Okay. Yeah, same. So that was the that's biggest- what actually changed it. That's what broke it up the one year we shot a couple bear because we drove it another way and guys were in there. It was like, well- you know, why are you driving it this way? Because we're tired of you guys yeah. sitting in our drives all the time, so we changed it up. Then we shot a couple of bear that year, too, on that drive. So you switched, you switched it up. Now, from the time you started, I mean, I'm going to take a wild guess and say you did the drives the same way every year. Didn't matter what the wind was doing. Didn't care about the wind? Yeah. And, I mean, the little bit I've done it, it seems like it's just as important, if not more important, for bear than it is for deer. It's more important. <laughs> bear live and die by their, their nose. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you started, you just started, you did one that you just sat together and, and then you pushed it the other way. I mean, that that's like a logical progression that 
Well, we did some progression as we drove it the other way, and it worked out better. It was a lot shorter, quicker drives. We didn't have to do the whole big valley and take ever line everything up, get everybody out, so we could stand it off different. We could get in and out quicker. We could play the wind better. And we started doing the snow wind because a couple of years we had snow on the ground, so we actually were tracking them. And we realized that we were they were going to the edge and just playing the wind and going around our standards and going right back through us and not even knowing until if it wouldn't have been snow on the ground, we wouldn't have known that. So that's a good point. So I want to back up there. You When you were doing drives years ago, you were lining it up. I mean, let's just say if you were going to do a whole side hill. We did a whole side hill. So how many how many drivers would that take? We should have probably 12 or 13 drivers and the rest of standards. Now, we always had 24, 25. Well, in my first 10 years, the camp was full. Sometimes guys wouldn't even get in. We had we wanted more guys. So you'd, we had 25 you'd split guys. it up. Yeah. Drivers and standards. Yeah. So were you guys able to keep in line pretty well because you had that many? Uh, yeah. Like, did you have to yell? Yeah, we yelled all the time. You did? Yep. We always yelled. And that was the whole way until you started to kind of switch things up yeah. a little bit. I mean, that's all we knew. I mean, the old people told us that's what he did. My dad was dad was in charge of us too. He said yeah. the same thing. He went with us. He was one of the old guys that walked with us. He led us. He was a he would pick the we guide off of him or guide off you yeah. know because you couldn't you guide to one side or the other. You know you had to pick the side of the mountain that you wanted to guide off of the easiest on top so you could guide off of people because you walked through a lot of laurel and well, yeah. it's definitely hard to keep straight in that stuff, so, Laurel. As long as you, you stayed within your you know, 50 yards of each other, 100 yards of each other, you know. We but, spread out sometimes really far, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some of the mountains I know where you're hunting, you get pretty spread out. Oh, yeah. They're, they're steep. They're real <laughs> steep. <laughs> so, okay. So, when you first started to tinker up, you said you started shorter drives. I mean, is there anything that sticks out, any hunts that was like an aha moment when you first started doing shorter drives or... I think the one, the aha moment that I remember was when we decided in the snow, uh, we decided to drive it, short drive, and we tracked them. We wanted to track the bear. We knew they were in there. We saw the tracks go into the big flat on top, and none of the tracks went over the ridge yet, so we lined up on two down over the ridge and a couple guys on the flat, and we were circled around to stand it off in this other draw, and we had we put a guy right on the tracks. Don't like the chasing him, chasing him, following the track. And we made we put drivers behind him, sort of making yelling and carrying on a little bit just to keep the bear out ahead of us. But he got to the edge, and when he got to the edge and was down in the wood, with all the standards were down in the draw, when the wind was yeah. up, he went right between everybody and went back to the drivers. So then we realized, you know what, we have to play the wind, and we have to do this smart. You don't have to yell all the time because then he knows where you're at. They don't see for shit. Yeah, exactly. But they smell. Uh, that's how they. Everything's all smell. And I've noticed that, too. It seems like I've been on so many drives on the side hills. You'd be walking out the side hill, and you feel like you got the wind at your favor. And once you get to the edge at the hollow, and it gets into the hollow, it, like, it's like an eddy. It, like, gets in there and back swirls like it does in a creek. Like, it seems like so many times a bear go out the side hill, and they'll get to right to that edge, and they're either just... Cut down or they cut up. That's exactly what we do now. We do exactly that. We get to we put guys on that point, line up that point, and right on the edge. First guy usually on the first bench or the top ridge shoots bear almost every time. So instead of like, because right now what we're doing, we'll go from hollow to hollow. The guys are in the draw, 
And a lot of the time, I remember this, a lot of bear get to that edge and they'll see him going up the point. We've shot a lot of bear like that, but it's, but it's open point. So you would say, instead of having your driver in the draw, push them up to the point? On the point. Yeah. Yeah. So would you have a guy on the point or would you, would you basically from the point just go straight down with your, with your standards? Um, it's a lot of times we don't even go to the bottom. We just keep them up top. Uh, right so, on top and right over yeah. the first two benches down. Yeah, because that's true. Because a lot of the places you're hunting, the road is at the bottom. Yeah. So, it's, it's not it's, as open. It's open. It's open on the bottom. A lot of laurels on the top and on the side, right over the side hill. And that. That's true. It's different for us because, like, we have a thick creek bottom. Yeah. So, yeah. like, okay. Oh, it's a wide open. Yeah. There's hardly any creek bottoms down there that are covered anymore. Okay. So, anyway, there, a lot of the time, the thick tops are coming out to the edge. So, you noticed that they were cutting back through the drivers even when you had 12 guys? Oh, yeah. Wow. So, how far apart were your Sometimes drivers we were in? 50 yards. Sometimes we were – I mean, I remember they came back. The one guy shot and it came back to the driver and I yelled at – because I already had one. The guy next to me, I could see the Laurel moving. He was coming right towards me. I'm like, he's right here, right here, right here. He went between us. He's no here. way. Yeah. And no, you – did gone. you really start noticing that when you had snow? Yeah. That was like the first time, and then after that, it kind of... Yeah. I think that's... on us yeah, that, hey, you know, we got to be a little smarter to do this. You don't have to yell all the time either. Sometimes, just to keep in line. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times we make drives now where we hardly yell at all. Right. We only put a couple guys out there now and drive the tops and first two benches off the top, and we shoot tons of bear that way. So when you... First of all, they got to be there. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you got to first do your scouting, find out if they're there, if the signs there, if there's food there. Like we drive, drive as in a vehicle. We drive from way far away from our camp to even hunt. Yeah, you don't even do the same drives every year. No. Now you used to years ago, years ago but we did when we first started. We did every drive, no matter what. We went and did that all four drives every day. You know, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Monday we did the two drives and. Tuesday, the next day, we did the other two drives every year. And then you back and forth? Like, were you there all three days? I used to only stay two days, so. Okay, I so don't you... know. Back in the day, eh, was it two days only? Well, it probably was. I mean, that's past my time. When I first started, it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. It changed to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I would only stay two days most of the time. A lot yeah. of guys wouldn't even stay till Wednesday. Yeah. It would be a, a short crew of anything. Well, when you're doing the drives the way you're doing them, it kicks your rear end. Oh, yeah. So... Okay, so let, then let's back the train up for a second. So, moving forward, a lot of time, you guys are up in archery season now. You're up in turkey season. Well, that's how it started years ago. That's when we started learning how to do all this stuff. We went up turkey hunting. Yeah. All turkey hunting. Grouse hunting. We used to do a lot of grouse hunting. Yeah, if you can find do, any of them anymore. Well, yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah but back in the day, you know, we used to shoot a lot of grouse up there. And Did you? We would do grouse and turkey hunting and find... Where the bear sign was. So you'd go. Would you just go to all the tops and just yeah. and just hunt the tops? So chop offs off the tops, off the edges, just try to find some food and sign. Yeah, you know I mean. So got- you'll hunt all over the place all fall long. So pretty much now, like if somebody is planning on going bear hunting in two weeks, and they haven't done a lick of anything to get ready, best thing to do now is go walk tops and figure out what the food is. Yeah. Or no friends that or no fr- that, no people that did that already and <laughs> do their homework and the homework before you. That, that sounds like that's happened once or twice. Yeah. Well, years ago, <laughs> that's what they did too. They went down to the bar and talked to the locals and yeah. people that were up there during the summer times at camps and that. 
Because a lot of times when you're up camp over Labor Day and all them holiday weekends, you know, families went up. You would see bear would come into camp. It's like, oh, and then they write in the book, hey, we saw a bear over here. Yeah. Driving down the road, going out somewhere, we saw a bear across the road here. Yeah, but it has to be – there has to be a big shift there when it gets to fall and the fall food source changes. Oh, that's that's – that's why you got to find it. Yeah. So where where you're in the area, the general area you're hunting, whatever radius that is, you've got red oaks, chestnut oaks, some white oaks. Do you have beech nuts over there? So it's pretty much just oak red, crop. Red whites, yeah, and chestnuts. Yeah. Hickory nuts, but they don't eat hickory nuts. I never seen them eat hickory nuts. So I heard somebody talking the other day. We were talking about hunting over hickory nuts for deer. I'm like, I've never I, seen I've them never eat seen them. them either. I don't see the bear eat them either. Okay. Yeah. Somebody was saying that one time they saw like squirrels. Breaking them apart, and then it's. I mean, the other thing you can look for when we didn't have hickory nuts or chestnuts and that, we went to the grapes. Oh, that's a good point. So the grapes a lot of the tops the of grapes. A lot of the side hills had some spots we knew that had grapes. So then the great just enough to hold a bear. Just enough to hold a bear. Because I mean, we've we've done. I mean, I think about the same drives we've done. I mean, like I said, we do. Since I'm going, we'll do those big drives that you just decided. We do the same drives every year. And go, go hollow to hollow, and we've had years where we've had seven bear come out in one drive. And then we've had years where we haven't seen a single bear the entire hunting season. Right. And it's all food related. It's all food. But back then, what we were taught, that wasn't the case. Yeah. We didn't know that. So, we figured out, now, if there ain't food around, there ain't bear around, so why make the drives if there's no bear there? You know, even one year, there was no food anywhere, and we shot five bear that year. Every drive we made, every hollow we made, there was one bear in it, and we got it. Wow. You know, like I shot that one and it had nothing in its stomach. It had leaves full of leaves. Like, yeah, laurel leaves and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which is crazy that yeah. they can and live on that. And actually, like, maybe some kind of, from somebody's camp somewhere down the road or something. Yeah, junk. had junk in it, yeah. But we shot five bear that year and that was all, and they were all different draws. For a bunch of years, we did try, we would separate. We would almost split in two gangs then for a while. We okay. would send some guys one way to the mountains and we would send... You know how I said we went to the other side of the river. We drove yeah. 20, 30 minutes from our camp just to hunt the other side of the river. Because, just because there was food there. Well, there was food there. There was – people what? didn't go there because the access to get there was hard and it was okay. a hard hot side hill. So, yeah. people didn't hunt there because they didn't They didn't want to So, you were getting away from pressure too at that point. Away from pressure. Which, totally got away from pressure. Yeah. Which, I mean, people talk about that for whitetails constantly, yeah. but you don't talk about that with bear. Well. A lot of people don't anyway. Because that's what we do now. We let the people pressure them, you know, get to the tops and whatever and push them over the side hills and we drive the hard side hills. And I know what I was going to ask. So, when you said the one year you did those drives and you pushed five bear out and you shot five bear. Now, when you pushed them out, those were the, the, normal, the, the drives. normal drives. Yeah. Now, were those younger, immature bear or were, they big, were some of them Both, big ones? Oh, we shot littles. Little and big she ones. Was a, she, uh, I shot one in that year. That was six years. She's six years old. Okay. Uh, Rory's was like five years. Yeah, we shot big ones and small ones that year. She had no cubs with her. She was by herself. She was, yeah. I, uh, one thing I noticed is we do those, those long drives, yelling drives. We kill those two-year-old bear every time. Like, since I'm going, which is, you know, t- 15, 20 years um, the only mature bear that we've killed is a sow with cubs. Mm. And we're not killing older mature bear. Right. Well, they're hard to. I mean, the reason is because they're outsmart you. They're they, know li- their, they know their routine now. Yeah, exactly. And it just seems like we're missing those opportunities. But it's just like a year and a half old buck. Yeah. That's the easiest deer to kill in the woods. Yeah. Same thing. So, exactly they're getting... Same thing. Yeah. 
So when you started splitting up, you said you went from 25 guys. You used to split up and half the camp would go one way and half the camp would go the other way. And were you just doing – did you change it that if you knew there was food in that area, like you did your homework scouting on top, you just kind of snuck those tops around? Yep, and decided it was one or two guys down over the edge. I like to cover the first two benches and then one or two on top of them right off the, the top, the lip. So and push that out. Sneak. Not of times you didn't yell hardly at all. We just started sneaking along and tried to keep the bear. We didn't want them taking off or running around or, or being pressured. A lot of times they just ran out ahead of you and then they would walk. They Not, knew something was coming and that yeah, was it. They would just walk. They would just walk out ahead of you and fool around. Yeah, we uh, sort of tried to outsmart them because they were outsmarting us. We so learned a lot. In you try to keep the wind at the back of the driver's neck. Right. Yeah. We have two good spots that we drive. We shot a lot of bear on these two good side hills. And the reason is because nobody wants to go there, and the tops are all pressured, and it pushes them over the side hill, so they know that a lot of people don't go there. So, And now that we started driving that side hill and shooting bears there, now there's another gang that decided they want to drive it too, so now we try to drive it before them just to... Yeah, so you, you're dealing with competition to no end. Well, they know us now because yeah. we get bear area. They know right. if we're in that area, there's bear there. Right. So... Yeah, it's a it's a chess match. You're, you're you're playing a chess match, yeah, to try to kill bear and try to outsmart them. But now you're playing a chess match with match with pressure. I mean, right. we've dealt with that a little bit, but nowhere like you guys, yeah. the way you described. Um, well, they put too many access roads in there now. Is that right? That's why we go to the other side of the river because there's not as many roads in there. So, with our side, all the gas wells are there and pipelines and. Yeah, so any any you know Tom Dick or Harry can yeah. go in the they tops go and, and do the timbering on top. Yeah, yeah. So I put all these access roads in, and people can drive back there, and they don't have to walk as far. And now, does that? So if you get a bunch of guys that do that and walk in the tops, I'm assuming there are guys that aren't going to go on the side hills, or do you still get some guys that'll go in back into side hills? Yeah, some guys will. I was going to say, like, does that ever work in your favor where they pressure them onto the side hills yeah, where so you can go? it always go? does. That's why we wait till they go in there and pressure them on the side hill. That's so, like, opening day, like, if that's the case then, do you? is there certain places you won't go until later? Yeah, and That's what we do now. Yeah. So, what do know, you We do? sit in the morning till – most of the time, most of the guys sit till lunchtime or even, like, 10 o'clock. We just let sit and – because a lot of people go out for lunch or move around or do whatever. Then we decide what we're going to do and what happens or what action is going on. And like me, a lot of times I walk all the time because I already have so many bears. So I'll go to a spot where I have two or three guys or young guys that didn't shoot bear lined up already. So there's actually standards in the morning, standards, yeah. but they're standards for the drive that I'm going to do. Right. So I'm right, hoping right. those guys push them over or do whatever, get them to the edge, and then I push that edge to them. So That makes a lot of sense. We shot a lot of bear with just one or two or three drivers. Really? Yeah. But it's the biggest thing is wind yeah, and sneaking. Yep. Yeah. Now, you had said something. Uh, to- I don't know if you have to sneak as much. You just oh, really? have to. You don't want to be yelling and screaming and carrying on. Just pressure. They don't need to know a couple hundred yards right. ahead you're coming. Right. You just want to pretty much. I mean, it did the same thing with deer. I mean, I- I've noticed when we do drives where we yell in bear season, you'll be going out along, you'll be hollering and carrying on, and you'll get past. A group of deer, yeah, and, take and they get take off right yeah. behind you. Does it all the time, bear and the bear do the same, do the same thing. thing. And you Except know, they they're really sneaky, right? They're really sneaky. They'll sneak right by or let you stand there and walk right by them. And I remember when I started coming up to camp, all the old timers would always say, "You're going to know if a bear's coming because you're going to hear it. It sounds like a freight train coming that's through." That's what the, the woods. old people told us, and that's <laughs> that's, that, that's all I knew because that's all they yelled and carried on and. 
they started the drive. A lot of times they would shoot bears. The standards would shoot the bear as soon as they started the drive. Because they started driving, yell and carry on, the bear would take off, and that's what I thought. Oh, that we got a bear because that's what we did. We yelled and carried on. Yeah, and most of them were not that case. No, well, that was a year and whatever, year and a half, two-year-old bears. That, yeah, those 100-pound yeah, bears first year away from yeah, mama. Yeah, that didn't know any better and just took off. And it seems like the next easiest bear to kill is a sow that, that has cubs because she's got that maternal instinct, and she's not she's – not, she's thinking for yeah, two, two or three others. Yeah. It's too much commotion going on, too, for her to sneak around and get past everybody. Right. But, I mean... But we don't shoot. We try not to anymore. So. Right. But yeah. It happens. It still happens. It does happen. I mean, you try not to, but I mean... There's get- the hardest thing to decipher in the woods. And I, you know me. I um, know I've seen it how many easy. and saw many bear in the woods and that. It's still the hardest thing to well, judge how big they are. It's easy to get your heart pumping when All you right. see one. They're just hard to judge to me. It happens so fast a lot of times, and yeah. you either decide you're going to shoot it or not, and you live with the consequences. Like yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, years ago, when they shot little ones, people used to let them lay because cubs you got in trouble for when we right. were Right. It's just hard to believe that, yeah. that it, anyway. But, like, we shoot, if you shoot, a lot of people say we shoot small bears, but if you shoot a 150-pound or 200-pound bear out with us. That, that's, that's a great a bear. bear. Yeah. Most of them bear are five years old. Four, five, six years old. Yeah, I mean... We shot how many that are five, six years old that are only less than 200 pounds. And it's all based on weight. I mean, you've shot some that were freaking... I mean, what was Cody's last year? 450. Cody's was a 450. How, do you know how old that bear was? Did you get that stuff back? Yeah, they said it was only three years, 10 months. Is that right? That's what they said. And I thought it was like an off year for food. It was. It was no food yeah. at all. Sometimes it just doesn't add up. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> That's what I said. Sometimes we shoot more bear with no food. I don't yeah. know how, because we moved to the spots that it, it it just works out weird. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that does, but like now when there's no food, the bear congregate and move. I think they move miles. Okay. And I mean miles, I mean 40, 50. Like miles. county miles. Yes. Yeah. Because you, I mean, all these years now, you see it on the map. With all the, the data they collect, you see it on the map. Yeah. These bear move. A lot of times the moms and the cubs will then. Yeah. Or stay within a gender, but they won't move. They'll move for up maybe 10, 14 miles, 15, 20 miles, but I think the males will move 50, 60 miles. It wouldn't surprise me, and it makes sense. I mean, you got to move to food or they're going to den. Yeah. And a lot, of, and I think that's what happens to us a lot of years. We think they all den, and they do den. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they do den. You know, one year somebody told me the first day of bear season in the one area, they had a bunch that were you know, radio collar GPS, and there was like 80 of them that were dead. Dead already. Yeah, which makes sense if it's a low food time. Now, you you'd said something a while back that really resonated with me. You, you were doing drives, and you said when you're doing some of these pushes that you'll have somebody hang back. Just for a backdrop. Yeah, tell, tell me about that, because the first time that I heard well, that. you can't always make the drives. The wind plays games up there, so. Yeah, it's a mountain wind. Yeah. So sometimes you just let guys sneak behind to be another stander behind you, but cause the bear breaking back. We know that the wind's not right, but we're gonna have to do the drive that way anyways, and so sometimes you play that game. So you guys know the woods pretty good. So are there certain drives where you'll just say, Hey, we know when you get through this first thick thicket and you get through that, if somebody hangs back at the edge of that or Yep. Is it okay. Yeah. Just stay back behind us and 
when we get like halfway through, then they'll either, a lot of times they'll stay or start moving up to the top of the ridge and then just sneak along the ridge behind us. Hmm. So they're a stander, but they're yeah. a sneaker. Yeah. When did you start doing that? How'd you figure that out? Well, uh, <laughs> a while ago. Yeah. Depends on the wind too. And <clears throat> which bear did we shoot that way? Uh, <laughs> they all jumbled together. Yeah. Well, that the one year we shot a couple bear in that one drive because of, I mean, we knew there was a lot of bear in that area, and uh, we we sort of knew where they were going to come out at. So it was mm-hmm. either that once they started shooting, all the commotion goes on, then we left the guys behind, or at least one guy behind, because we figured they're going to come back through the drivers. You know what I mean? If they're shooting them at the other end and don't gab them, have them. They're coming back towards us, and and now you have radios and all kinds of stuff. We're not supposed to, you know. Yeah, you don't communicate right, but and sometimes you don't have service on or radio or whatever, and you can't even talk to people. All you know right. is that somebody's shooting at the other end, and so you just kind of whenever you do that. I mean, that that's not every drive, but no. some drives you'll do yeah, that. Some drives, and a lot of times it's only on those short drives that we make. Now we make a lot of. Two, three, four-man drives where we have two or three standers, four standers, and two or three drives. That's it. Then we'll leave a guy sneak behind just in case. Yeah. You're spread out then a lot further, and plus you're not yelling. Yeah. You just once in a while give a hoot so you can tell where you're at. And But since you're doing that, you've seen more and killed more bear doing that. That's really interesting. So, you've, I mean, you've hunted with a gang doing that your whole life, and you probably always will because it's fun. It's a camaraderie thing. But, I mean, you've shot, what, two or three of these were on your own, too, weren't they? Uh, without what, driving? Yeah. Uh, Five of them. Five of them were shot without driving. Oh, that's right, because you shot First that. one I shot, I was a standout on a drive. Okay. The other ones I shot, and I passed up four or five already just... Being a backdrop, right. I learned that on a drive. I got to the drive, to the standards. We made two drives in one. So I got to the standards, and I was supposed to leave one guy behind. I wanted to leave him behind, but since I did the first half of the drive, he let me stay behind. And and you shot a bear that way? No, I left it go. Okay, you left I, it go. I chased it up to us. We had a, a backdrop guy on the top half of the gully, too. We left two guys back. So as soon as he went over the next ridge around the turn, the knuckle, or hump the, the point... The bear came right back over the point and then came right to me. Then I chased it up to the other guy, but he never got a shot at it. Mm. Yeah, that's the story, and, how the story goes. And the other one was we were doing a drive when we decided that, you know, from now on we're going to try to leave guys. I'm going to say that's probably the this time we decided to leave guys back. We made a drive, and we were driving a thick flat and a side hill. Four guys down over the side hill, seven on the flat driving it. Halfway through the drive, we ran into another gang driving it towards us. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So then there was a lot of commotion, yelling and going on. And because that was a competition back then, everybody wanted to drive that one valley. So we waited and I said, well, uh, I was the bottom stander on the side hill. I said, let's just wait till they go past us and we'll finish the drive out. Well, as soon as they went past us, I walked another 50 yards and I cut tracks. 
Now, were they cutting back through those guys? Yeah, they went right up to one point and came right down the other side, right behind the guys. So, you guys were basically going into each other. We walked right to each other. They walked past you. You we guys got held to back. A point on the ridge point. Yeah. I went down over. The bear went over the one side in front of us, went down in front of us, and right back behind the other guys. So, we went right back into our drive that we were the way we were driving it. Yeah. Did so you have the wind in your advantage? Yes. You did? Yes. So, they were trying to push him into the wind the wrong yeah. way, so it smelled him already. Yeah. So he knew that he was in trouble on that point. So he he used that point in the thick lower to come down, and I mean, he snuck between seven guys. He got between seven guys driving, us four and maybe three of them guys on the other drive coming towards each other. And then I cut the tracks, and the, the guys from the other gang, he didn't even they didn't even, they said there was nothing in there. Mm. And and you did you finish that drive out and chase a bear out? Yeah, Rory shot a two hundred. 70 pound bear oh my word yeah we I yelled up to mike hey i have tracks he's like i'm like tracks coming up tracks coming up and then he cut the tracks and then they, they went right over the point and right out to our guys and Roy shot 270 pound male wow he was for up there that was nice at that time he was, oh, like, that's, was probably six seven years old that one was that's a heck of a bear and he he outsmarted he tried to he almost got away yeah he almost got away. he probably did i wonder how many times I, I mean you think about it a bear like that was probably what five six seven years old yeah i think he was seven so how many years did that bear do that yeah i mean every year because those guys those mounds got male maybe he wasn't there well, he could have been the year before he could have been yeah two three mountains over true I mean, if the food wasn't there, I mean, he wouldn't have been there. I don't know enough about them in their home range, but I do know that the way that they maneuver through hunters is incredible. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't know enough about their home range either. I think if more a female will stay closer to her home range. I think you're right. But a male, he'll, I think he'll move and travel and, you know I mean? And I think like that one there, the only reason really I shot, I think, this big one here is because the year before in the snow, I I. Who knows? Maybe it was the same one. I jumped over. I remember I told you. I, I, I sort of remember that because you, you were hunting up there and you jumped one. I didn't jump him. He was laying there sleeping in the rocks. Oh. He was just sleeping. It was snow. It was muzzleloader season. It was muzzleloader yeah. season. Okay. Nobody got him. We were up rifle hunting. They didn't have rifle season. Right. That Was that was that the first year that they had the overlapping season in, in deer might, season? Uh, might have been. So, that was right. the one of the deer overlap bears. Yep. Okay. What did that one weigh? Uh, 437. 437. 11 years old, never tugged. Wow. So, that was one. Yeah, when you killed that one. So, that was kind of what I was getting at. So, you. you he you, made you, it through the bear season. 11 years through the season. He made it through that year of, of buck season the first week. Right. Then they had bear open up. And I went up. Because we saw sign up there. We knew there was food up there. And we yeah. had seen some sign up there. Same thing. Turkey hunting, fall turkey hunting, grouse hunting or whatever. And what is up with you, Piper? <laughs> so I went up there and decided I was going to hunt, try to hunt bear up there. Yeah, you actually went up to bear hunt. Yes. I mean, if a buck came, you would have shot it if it was I a good buck. buck came to me, but did I you? Shoot. Yeah. But you were up there for bear. Yeah. And you were you sneaking on a side hill when you yeah, shot that steep, hard side hill, steepest part of the side and rockiest part of the side hill. And he was on the side hill. Yep, feeding on the thick side, hard side. Oh, so he was up and moving and feeding. Yep. Okay. It was full of acorns up top. The big red zone okay. produced like crazy. I mean, marbles everywhere. So, obviously, you already you're tug out for this year, so you're going to be the guide. But if you were going to go up, let's say something happened in camp and nothing, nobody was going up to camp this year, and you had a tag in your pocket. If you were going to be hunting alone this year, what would be? I mean, first of all, we already said 
know where the food is and nope. you were looking for the food is. But if you were going to hunt by yourself and try to kill a bear, what would you do in the first week, of, first day of rifle season? Go to my best spots and I know that I shot bear before. Other right. people have shot bear before. And get on the top of the ridge, first, either the top ridge or the first bench over on the ridge. That's where I like to stay because they like to travel that. And so, a lot of those areas, like, there's... Laurel. There's Laurel right yeah. on them first top bench of the ridge. And they, yeah. they can decide, like I said, I told you before, they're going to go up or down. Yeah. And they can get away easier because they can sneak along. Hmm. Do you... Would you stand hunt a lot because there's pressure? I don't. I don't like stand hunting. Yeah. I like sneaking. So. <laughs> I like sneaking. So, <laughs> I, you... You just try to use that to your advantage with people in the area, or you yeah. just kind of just still hunt through those areas? Well, the first couple hours, usually I can make it sit, but after that, then I just really sneak. You got to sneak. Yeah. On the ridge, the first, right on top of the ridge, I can see the first bench below me. That way, if I can see him on the bench or trying to come along the bench or right in front of me going down over, then I can shoot. So, if you were by yourself and you knew there's areas that guys drive, my initial reaction, like if I, when I go to a spot, and I've done this already where crew went through and drove it and we don't even want any parts of that area but if you know there's food bear there i've gathered like you don't care you still might be worth it to hunt that spot just just kind of the way you like said with the with bear breaking through the drives like that's that's what blows me away what really surprised us is when it happens when it snows yeah that's when you really see how many mistakes you made right and how the bear just go around people and you don't even know it and i I learned. I think what was what was the last time we had snow? Like three years ago, three four years ago. I think was the last time I remember having snow. Well, when I tracked that one, that Uncle Dennis shot. That was the same year because we killed one bear that year. Yeah, we killed one, but I remember we killed the, two or three that year. Yeah, Cody, Kyle, Kyle killed, killed one. one. Yeah, Kyle killed one and Uncle, Uncle D. And that year we killed one, but I remember I took I took the first leg of the watch in. And had them come out through and pick us up. And then we did the second leg. And I don't remember what they saw, but I was a driver the rest of the time. And the whole way out through the side hill, I cut three bear tracks. And every bear track was following the contour just the way you'd want them. Yeah. But we're yelling just the way. And it got to a certain point, And it cut down. And it cut down. So, one of the things we've been trying to do is kind of dog leg our watch. And try to wrap them around. But that gets tricky, too. Because the opposite for us is the creek bottom is so thick. I've, I'm always afraid if you get too carried away, you could chase a bear in the bottom. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no perfect way, I guess. Did you notice that they're running the whole time, or were they walking? I, th- I don't get the sense that they were running. Yeah, a lot of times with that. So they said, were just, just walking out. Just walk out in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And it just seemed like they like they were moving. I mean, don't get me wrong, but you know when you see a bear track running, I mean, you know, you especially know, in yeah. the snow. Yeah, especially I mean, in the snow. Well, I mean, they got a wider gap. They got a wider gap, and it it make us think it mess. Most of the time, they're just walking out in front of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. Then they they can't see good, so they're just relying on their nose. And <laughs> and when I think they want to run is when they decide they're going to make a run for it and just get out of there. Yeah, go somewhere where they think they're safe. And, so that was the first day, and then we did the the one drive. And we ended up killing a bear, and it did it the way we normally did. Wrapped into the hollow, and we killed it. But day two, we did our drives. We always called them our money drives, and those have been our best drives over the years. But I mean, we had a bear in between me, and I mean, the the second leg of the drive, the drivers were forty yards apart, and the driver that saw the bear already killed one. 
and we're going out through and it was going right out to the stand, going out to the watch. And at some point in that chase, he found a way to get between us or but what drop out the bottom. Turn around and go between us. Yeah. He did not want to go to the other end because something distracted him. The smell was something. Exactly. Somebody movement, something that didn't want to go to the other end. And it still seemed to me that year because I saw it with the first couple bear. They were going out the contour of the side hill. And the minute that they got close to the point. You know, when, you know, when I say the point, I mean the point where it's going to dip down into the ridge or into the, into the hollow. It just seems like that's the point where... He's going to decide what he's going to do. Take he's it gonna, down or go up over top or... And the other thing I wonder too, like... So, there, there's a history factor. Like, if you've chased bear that are older and they know that, is it also that that change in contours change in the wind? Because... I would think it has to be. I would. That, that's been my thought. And I don't know if that's the case or not. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've been on many side hills where the wind was constant, steady, steady, steady. And the minute you got into a little swell or depression or whatever, and it was like every which way. So, I I mean, they just fascinate the the ever-living daylights out of me. No, me too. Because I think there's such a – for not being able to see good, there's such a smart animal. Is that your favorite thing to hunt? Right now, yeah. You think? Yeah. It's a challenge. Because, I mean, you like chasing whitetails, too. Yeah, but the, being for a bear, you have to be at the right spot at the right time. Yeah. I it mean, it happens fast, and it's it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I just love it. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I've always like, I mean, you guys, your whole crew and the way you've approached the bear drives and the stuff you guys have learned, I mean, I've seen some of that. And, I mean, I'm not a bear hunter. I love whitetails, but, I mean,. My next closest thing is bear. Yeah. They're, they're, they're same thing. Or- do your homework. That's what we do. We do our homework. We try to get out there. Plenty of scouting. Plenty of... It's no use hunting a spot if there's no bear in the area. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, that 450-pounder we shot last year, the only reason we went over there was because we found a little food. There was uh, farmettes on the top of the mound. There was... The year before we hunted over there, or the year before we were over there and hunted some spots, we found this spot that was thick that nobody goes in so we figured the guys on top because there's a lot of private land on top locals or whatever that live there they're gonna hunt the tops and push it into this thick side hill and they're not nobody's gonna go in it so and that's what happened that's what happened we waited till everybody backed out at 10 11 o'clock and we went in there and drove it and shot a 450 pounder i mean that one's fresh so i mean Take me through that one a little bit because I remember you talking about well, that one. We that was another there, one. That- we were up to the archery muzzleloader season. Yeah. And then we were up the next draw before that one, and we were in there, and Chopper had saw bear that day too in there. So we knew there was bear in that area. There was none around. We couldn't find any sign around our camp area. So we thought, plus we have friends that live over in that area, and they said they had bear at their cabin mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we pretty knew there was some bear around. And then... Uh, Two years before that, Chopper was in there, made a little spook drive. We made a spook drive, and a couple guys, the standers never got up all the way mm-hmm. because it was a, their first time there, and the, the guys that took them in, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday that week. Hard learning. Yeah, it was hard learning because guys didn't know the area, and we had a couple good guys that were there, and then, which Chopper's a good hunter. He knows the area, but he had to take the drivers in. He couldn't put the standers yeah. in, so the standers didn't get up high enough all the way to the top of the mountain, and they pushed it out, and it was full of bear shit in there. Oh, geez. We didn't get any. So then Chopper knew right away, hey, you know, he found his spot. It's like, okay, this is one of them spots. Now we put it on our mind that if there's no food and they they go to that area because the guy's on top and if there's 
they're going to push them over the side hill to this yeah. spot where they're going to hide and bed up or whatever. And So that one that Cody shot, so you went, that was the exact same scenario. Like you didn't have a lot of food, but you went and did this drive. How many guys did you have for that drive? It wasn't a lot, was it? Yeah. Uh, I feel like a dozen stuck out. Seven. I think we had seven drivers. Oh, did you have seven yeah. drivers? Okay, so it was more than I thought. Yeah, I think we had seven drivers and Cody, Darren, Dougie, Rory, maybe seven or eight standers. Okay, so it was a pretty Plus good... Plus, the older guys were down. The older guys were down on the road and way down. We made two drives. Okay. So, we did. We drove a first section to picked up. We drove a big valley in the flat to the picked up four guys to help yeah. with the second part of the drive. So, we did two drives to give time... Those guys at the other end there on that side of the mountain on the prior property to push a bear into the thick stuff. Right. So, we wanted to give that time. So, we made a drive before that because... Yeah, you needed to buy time right. for getting bear in there. Right. So, when you did that drive, you were... I think I remember you told me you were toward the top. I was the top guy. And was it open or thicker there? Because I remember yeah. you, you were kind of telling me when you oh. went out through, you were kind of like in and out and like watching the other yeah. guys so and stuff. When it got to the end, the last 400 yards, which I knew because Chopper told me that I was right on the private line. Chopper yeah. told me because they were, they drove it the year or two years before that. They didn't know how thick it was. Yeah. That it's going to take them a long time. So I was like the top flanker driver. I did the first the first drive I did had the hard part of the drive. Then yeah. the second part, I had the easy part because yeah. I was up out of the laurel then. So then they got into the real heavy stuff. And so it took them forever. So I was just like a flanker driver because we were afraid you'd pop out and just go back a little bit and pop right back in. So I didn't want to get away from them. I didn't want him to just jump out of the thick stuff, go back a little bit and jump right back in because right. they were crawling hands and knees to get through that stuff. Oh, my word. Yeah, well, then one of the guys radioed that they had fresh bear shit in front of them and then we knew that the there was a bear there. Yeah. Now, you were almost finished with that drive when he killed yeah. that. I was less than 100 yards from the when he shot. From the stander. Yeah. And the only reason I stopped, because somebody up on the private land, I heard a car door slam and a dog bark and carry on, so I just stopped and stood there for a while. And I, I thought, well, I don't want to... And the standers weren't... I knew they weren't far ahead of me, because I could see out to the ridge, and I, but I knew it was really thick right there, so... I thought, well, I'm not going to – I don't want to get too far ahead because I don't want this bear to just pop out. Because he could have popped out and went right on top, too, into the prior property real right. quick. I know it was open, but 100 yards later, he's on top. Or 80 yards later, he's on top and you can't see him. You yeah. Know? He can disappear like that. So, we would try to we tried to stay tight because we didn't want to – As tight as you could with the guys. We had the had. bottom already lined up because the old guys were down right. off the roads and yeah. at the bottom of the hollow. And actually, we picked up. Uh, so we got actually too tight down the bottom. We had too many drivers in because the laurel patch funneled down to a real narrow section, hmm. you know, maybe 200 yards wide, but long then and thick. But then when that got to the end, like you were, you guys were almost finished with the drive and that bear was about ready to go back into the drive, he wasn't he? Yeah, he it did. Out. Well, he shot at it and it turned around and went right back down in. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually died in front of Jared, but... Yeah, he tried to. He went back into the drive after he shot at him. Mm. So he was making his last ditch move, probably. Yeah. Well, he made a run for it, and he came right out the end. I mean, it was it was the drivers were probably two hundred yards from the end, if that. But the biggest thing is you guys weren't overly loud. You just yeah. you kept the bear in front of you the whole time, and sneaking along. I mean, it knew you were there, obviously, yeah. and the wind was right. 
The problem with that, I don't remember that time. It must have been right, cause well, we had him, we had him pretty trapped in there too. So I, I don't really remember yeah. if the wind was right. Now that's one of the things we should do now too, which I would like to start doing is logging how we did it with the wind and stuff like that to see if that actually is the best way to kill that mini bear. Yeah, you know I mean, do we kill more bear by playing the wind right? Because it seems like the last couple of years that's what we did, and we. We shot some that way, a bunch of them that way. You know, this just thought to me too. I mean, traditionally, I would have in my simple mind, you're going to have the wind at the back of the driver's neck Mm -hmm. and you're going to be going through. But like kind of what you were just saying with Cody's bear, you could pretty much have an area like that surrounded and whatever the wind is doing, just put somebody in an an advantageous spot. Like you talked about falling back. Like you you could probably do something like that even if the wind is off. Yeah. Uh, we do have uh, at one side. We have a side hill we drive where we kill a lot of bear on. And we cut that off halfway, so we used to do the whole thing. I mean, it's like I told you before. It's yeah, it's steep, big, big, thick rock ledges. But we used to do the whole thing for hours. It would take us. Now we drive it to the middle. We put standards in the middle. Well, how does that work if it's pretty thick and stuff? It's just tight shooting. No, we put the standards in a, a draw on the side hill. Well, on the steep side hill, they're in a draw where they can look from. It's that oh. steep and that far. They can see the cars go below them at 600 yards away. Holy heck. Yeah. So, it's just a small draw. Like, you you did it. Small draw, yes. Yeah. So, you used to do it from the big hollow oh, to the big hollow. The whole side. Drove all, the yeah. whole side hill. Yeah. So, now you cut it in half and put it. Now, will you, when you're done with the first part, will you just wrap around and do the other half? No, we usually bring standards. We bring the drivers in from both ends now. At the same time? Yeah. Hmm. That could get interesting. Mm-hmm. So, we, we know, because we drove it so many times, that when you get to the, this part of the leg, you don't yell. You don't do anything. You just stand there. If you get there before the other side does, you're now a stander behind the other first set of guys. So. Yeah. And we shot. I'm going to say we in that, that drive alone in the last 10 years, we probably shot, I'm going to say, at least 10 bear. Right. Plus, I that year I passed up two in that drive. I, in that drive alone already, I passed up three bear. Oh my in, word! In years and just making that right. Plus, I passed. I didn't shoot the one that stood up in front of me the other year that I pushed up to the kids, the yeah. Dennis, to shoot. I'm gonna say in that drive alone, over my last 15 years, I have seen at least seven bear in that. I, I know when I first started the drive, I yelled. I one went into the dice, got down in the first thick patch of laurel, and a bear took a fresh pile of bear shit. Two minutes later. Bear takes off. Ten minutes later, my brother shoots. How many, how many bear do the driver shoot? Mm. Chopper shot one. Not many at all. Not many. Not many. And that's not, that's the way it is for us too. Yeah. Like almost the almost. The only reason never. the driver would have shot at one is because either we might have split up a mom with cubs or. The standard shot on him and the bear came back into the drive. Never, okay. It never went through the drivers. It just, but it almost never happens for you. The tra- and that's the same and with then us. The problem with us, too, we have we have a lot of good. We didn't miss a lot. A lot of our guys, when they shot at the bears, they got them. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of misses, you know. that We had a couple here and there, but a lot of them were, if they shot, we got them. Yeah, well, that's the way you want it. Yeah. You work your tail off on a side yeah. hill. You want to get it. Right. <laughs> Oh man, which one of these uh, 
this is a big one, the one that stands out the most at all, out of all these yeah. that you look at. Yeah. I mean, that one because I worked hard to get that one. This one here is because I did my pre-scouting. Yeah. I was really proud of that one because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to pre-scout. That was number two, Bear. Yeah, I wanted to find them where they were. I wanted to be the guy that said, you know, okay, yeah. we're going to hunt here. I said we're going there because... I know where the bear are, and we saw three bear in archery, archery hunting for deer. Yeah. I saw three bear in that area, and I went to my – and I found the area the year before in the deep snow. I tracked the bear in the deep snow, and he went around this point, and I decided this must be a really good spot to hunt. So I thought, well, I'm going to pick that spot for next year and check it out. I went in the next year, checked it out. Same thing. Same thing. There was bear shit and bear in there, hmm. and it was food there. So I knew that was uh, going to be a good spot. So I guess. And we actually, we should have screwed up after I shot mine until we got it out of there. We should have went back and Did it. drove it right away. We well, were just I was pot hunting. Yeah, yeah. We split up, stood for the first couple hours that day. And that's pretty much an annual thing now. Yeah, you guys, an annual the, thing, yeah. You guys, Unless, do you hunt no. in the same general area? No. You just go and do your thing, but this time we're meeting here. Yep. Okay. But usually, like, we'll take four or five guys, maybe two, and try to stay in the general area. Uh, you know, that's a little group in case yeah. somebody sees something or somebody, we have a little action that we have help there. Or we have guys can make a little push to somebody in. So, yeah, like, try to set guys on the point in case action happens or somebody else makes a drive. They're in the right spots. Yeah. And that's just by looking at maps and knowing the location and knowing where the best spot that the bear like to travel and run. I'm, I'm to the point now too with us like we always we first thing in the morning you're going down the hollow setting the drive up setting the watch up and you push it for, from start of the day and we'll, we'll usually get a good day we'll do four drives that's about the length of them what they take because we usually have enough guys we can do one leg pick the next group up do that and then if all goes right we'll have enough time well, what that- makes you do that drive why did you decide to do that did you know the bear were there? Did they have food there? Did you? No, history is is, is what always because sends us there. It always seems like there's one in that. Exactly. In it always seems like there's one there. That's why you do it, and that's why we do it. Right. But even there's no food or lots of food. Exactly, and that's and I've well, we've said a lot of times that that's probably not right, and we've we've made adjust the the biggest adjustments we've made. So there's there's one end we'll start at historically. It's the bear. It's the drives we've killed more bear on than any. There's been years where We've made the adjustment. We'll start at the other end. And I say the other end. You're talking a couple miles down. You know, this this, this mountain we hunt, you can start from the gate and you can push about five side hills till you get to camp. And then from camp, if you go up the other way, you can push about three or four side hills to get to camp. So, we'll start from camp and we'll usually go to the top side and push to camp. And that's been the drives we kill more bear out. There's been years where we've noticed that the bottom end had more food, and we'll start there. That's about the biggest adjustment we've made. But, like, you guys going around and finding areas that you're driving 20, 30 minutes away, the camp that I'm hunting at, we're not doing that. And that's, first of all, that's probably killed more bear food. We drove an hour sometimes. We drove an hour already away. Did you really? Two bear over there. Wow. Should have had three. Yeah, we drove to actually far away to drive. Yeah. Plus the food, there was no food in that area around our camp, yeah. them years. None. So, what made you, did you guys have prior knowledge that year to go to that area? Or did no, you just say, we, we're going to well, go do something different? No. We knew we scouted and I couldn't find nothing. Yeah. The bear had moved out. There was no food for a long time. Yeah, we didn't find nothing, no sign, no nothing. So, 
And plus, people we knew that lived up in that county, yeah. or whatever friends or whatever, said, "Hey, yeah, we have a lot of food up here." Chopper Dwight, my brother Mike, whatever they. Drove up there on a Thursday or Friday, went up to camp early and drove out there and checked it all out and found food. And we went in there and got a rough idea of what the layout was and we're going to hunt it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we should have had a couple bear. We actually screwed up. Well, that's probably part of not knowing the land. Yeah. But. Plus, then we set up the same thing. We didn't know the land right. And the, the, the one drive, we set up the standards too close to each other. And they were, they, I mean, a big big one came out and it just got between everybody it was so close guys couldn't shoot because no way yeah we they, they put the stand the guys that put the standards in wrong so yeah and it was easy access for a lot of the older guys and live and you learn yeah hmm. i mean we got one of them but we should have had two or three of them in that tribe but the only reason we did in that year they shot three or four right around us really yeah they shot one out of our drive. We got two, I think, and plus uh, other gangs, that other people that were sitting in there shot them. <laughs> so, of course, we didn't know the lay of the land or which way they were going to really go, and we were just taking a guess and playing the wind right. And... That one right there you shot with the bow. I mean, that was one that you'd shot. You knew that area. I mean, I was talking to you, and I was talking to Mike about it, too. You know, when you when they first opened archery season up, and I was going, I you know I was thought it was impossible to shoot a bear with a bow. I just had it in my head that that's impossible. And you guys were coming back and telling me you're seeing bear, you're seeing bear, you're seeing bear. You know, Mike missed one. You know, you had to run in, and then you killed that one. Mike missed two, I think, before I killed that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Poor I Mike. two before I killed that one. Yeah, yeah. And that I means the same thing. We do the same thing. We try to get out there and pre scout and find. Well, that year I shot that, and we saw nine bear in archery season. Yeah, that's crazy. Mike passed one up. Dwight passed one up. Moser hit one, didn't get it. You know, so yeah. we had a lot of a lot of guys saw bear that year, and, and they were there. So then we went back in rifle season, the same did the same spots, and we shot. We should have had five in rifle season too that year. Yeah, we could have ended up with nine bear that year. Hmm, that's crazy. And guys that passed them up, I mean, we definitely could have had seven in bear. We ended up with one, two, three, three or four. I go, well, mine was probably four. We ended up with yeah. We could have had at least nine or ten bear that year. That's crazy. But it was the same thing. You were just picking out those terrain features and around yep. food, and you were just stand hunting with the bows. Yep. But it was enough. Like, Plus, just, we hunted the, the ridge right off the first bench again. Yeah. You know, right off the top, right off the point of a bench and whatever. So, they come out to the feet on that bench, and that's how. Oh, they'll come up over the point. Yep, come up over the point like that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, it's like whitetails as far as terrain. Sure. Plus, the wind's a lot better on them points. For some reason, I don't know. They they, they know the... What way do you mean that? The, the wind blowing up over, down a point or whatever. Blowing up or down? Yeah. Like, you it seems like it's more consistent. On the other side it. of the ridge, uh, you can hunt it. You can cheat it. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier with a rifle then because you can cover it better. But right. even so, with a bow, hmm, that's crazy. Well, you saw what same thing up here when we shot this one. And yeah. The, the same with you went in. Did you play the wind when you went in there? Uh, when I when I what I'd say I played the wind, I went I knew the wind was out of the southwest. And I just made sure Southwest blowing down the mountain, blowing up the mountain. South southwest wind would have been blowing up the mountain and it would have been blowing across. So that bear, believe it or not, with the dominant wind, 
it would have been just off for the way he smelled me. And I purposely, I knew the way the wind was going. I thought, I can't get too far down the ridge because if I do, anything that comes out the ridge is going to smell me first. So, I stayed up high and I knew that if something was down below on that bench, I was going to have a 50-yard shot instead of a 20-yard shot. But I figured, at least I'm in the game. That's exactly exactly what I did. I was climbing up the tree and this bear snuck in behind me. I mean, I was I was 100 yards off the road is all I was, but it was right along that ridge and there was beech nuts there. And he snuck in 50 yards and my bow was on the ground. And when I checked the wind after that bear left, it was just off. I don't think he smelled me because he came right into me. And I think it was, it was like he might have had the wind in his favor, but he wasn't up high enough to smell me. That's that's what I had in my head. I don't know if it's the case, but anyway, he heard me pull my bow up, and I never got a shot at him. But that's that's part of hunting. I think mine was <laughs> luck. I went down there because the wind was blowing down, like you said, down that draw, and I wanted to get down because the other guys were up top on the ridge. I thought, well, even if anything comes along the ridge below them, it's going to work its way down because of yeah smelling them. So that's why I went down there. I mean, and he definitely came from them. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the same thing that happened with the one I shot that year, too. They were driving the other side of the mountain. The the other one with the bow. Yeah. yeah. They were driving the other side bow, of the mountain. Bow bear number one. Yeah. They were driving the other side of the mountain, yelling and carrying on, and all of a sudden it got dead quiet, and I'm like, well, something happened over there. And 10 minutes later, he came running up the draw, up the point to me, and tried to cut it right over the point, and that's when I shot him. And that, now, that bear was on a mountain across from you. Oh, yeah. Mountain across. Yeah. He came so, he down came down over. Time. Crossed the bottom creek and came up the other side of the mountain. I probably shot him 500 yards away from where they hit him, shot at him. I often wondered that, too. Like, we have this conversation all the time. You do a drive, and let's say you know a bear, you kicked out, got out, got out the side. How far do they go? You don't know. And you don't. You don't. Uh, It's a question you don't ask. That's what's nice when the snow. Yeah. Sometimes they don't go far at all. If they feel they're safe and the wind's right... They'll they'll hold up. They feel like they're in cover, heavy enough cover. The wind's right. They won't go far. Hmm. I mean, I told you before that big one. I don't know where, how he disappeared so fast or where he went. If, I wish it would have been snow on the ground to see where he went. Yeah. But I think he went right back down to the road and to the houses to get where he knew he was safe. He he was safe. Probably where he got that big in the first place. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That was, that was three bear on that. That I saw in one day, in less than four hours. Which one? The one that you when when, when you didn't get when you missed the big one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. got the hundred fifty pounder, and that one stayed in the log below me for hours. And the two hundred pounder went by me an hour later, and then you know that that one stayed in the laurel feeding below me for on the ridge for hours. Yeah. Till that even that big one that came up over you know. And we actually drove it then in the afternoon, and then we shot the one. It stayed there all day. Yeah. You kill. I wonder if you. I never paid attention. You kill more in the mornings or the evenings. Probably doesn't matter. I think more in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like they stay on their feet a little longer. Yeah. I don't know if it has to do with pressure or not. Well, I think that in the evenings is a lot of time. Yeah. That. I mean, in the archery season and that we had a couple come out to feed. Yeah. That's that's. But in rifle season, it's. Yeah, I should. I mean, a couple times we had them come out in archery season to feed. Yeah. Just be at the right spot. You know what I mean, it's a different ball game when you're talking rifle season. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, it's a different ball game, but you still got to figure the first day you got to go in with the same process. Find a good spot, 
That's what I look for. Good point. Good ridge. Somewhere I can see decent. Try to get up on a tree stand. And know, sit there as long as sit there as long as you humanly can uh, <laughs> until you got to move. <laughs> you know, most people are moving at 10, 11, 12 o'clock. And yeah. That's how cold it is. What the weather's like. So, yeah. There's got to be food. So at least bear around in the air to have success too. I mean, that's why we like now we like to go find them so we know we at least have a chance of shooting some. So now what's next? You got six bear and two with the crossbow. What's next? This one was supposed to be with a regular bow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it didn't help when it was back at camp. (laughs) Yeah. And the other year I didn't take it with, and I had the muzzle load, and then one came to me, so I didn't shoot that one either. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe I'll try to shoot one with the muzzle I was going to say, you want to shoot one with the muzzle the inline? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be neat. Same thing. If I would have known how big it was right away, I would have shot it, but didn't get a good look in the laurel, and it got... Until it got 200 yards away from me, then I could tell how big it was. And yeah, I figures. I figure it's a little too late to shoot then. Yeah. Hmm. The big thing that you have have said numerous years and I've listened to was the drivers hanging back and pushing back or somebody hanging back. That that concept just that – and it's probably not in everything, but – No, it's not. But it's one I of those things that – the thing we do now is short couple men – Drives kind of like a deer. Yeah, you don't have to carry on. You don't have to yell. Just try to keep them out ahead of you and let them let them walk to the standards. Yeah, not run or take off. Cause when they run and take off, they want to either bolt down the mound, bolt up the mound, get to somewhere safe. We just you just want them to. Hey, somebody's here pressuring me. Work out ahead of me. Let them go out ahead and walk to the standards. Yeah, not. You guys ever try keeping in line with like something other than like whistling and yelling like crow calls or stuff yeah some guys do yeah yeah but for the most part if you need to know where somebody's at just a little little just a little whistle or something some guys use the radio yeah i mean use the radios and talk through the earpiece and tell them that a certain location or a certain spot which you know since we do them all yeah since you know the land yeah we know the lay of the land yeah one thing that definitely is good for you guys and is rough for us is the amount of people you hunt with that know the woods well we don't have that as much you know we have a good group of my brothers and cousins or whatever that know you tell them to go somewhere they know they know where to go yeah you don't have to hand you know hold them by the hand and take them in yeah we we have a lot where we will have let's say we'll have maybe a half dozen guys that know Mm -hmm. and the rest of them are guests or people that you know they're they've been coming their whole life but they just still don't know they don't know the woods yeah that's how we have some yeah and you're gonna have that you have and now we have a lot of guys that have bear, so yeah, they don't always want to be standards. They want to be a guy. So we try to put the guy that doesn't have a bear in the what we consider the best spot on the mountain. Right. So and that's hard. That's sometimes it's hard for us to tell. The best spot on the mountain is the top of the mountain. Yeah. Right on the ridge or the first bench over. Yeah. That's what we consider the best spot. We and that makes sense. We drive a side hill and a flat together. We try to put them on there. So those bear on those points. So like you've got let's say let's say you've got a group of guys down a hollow for for a watch, and you have, have somebody wrap around and sit on that point. <clears throat> a lot of those bear comes just straight up the point when that when you're when the drivers are coming out. So the drivers might be within a yeah. hundred yards or far, yeah. either or, either or. But a lot of the time they're going to get out to that edge and they come up over to them yeah. guys. And we've had that. Um, part of the problem, and like you said, with us, we'll have. 
we'll have a, you know, most of the guys that shot bear are the ones that know the woods. Yeah. So they want to drive and try to chase them to somebody else. And we're, we're the same. Just, it makes it tough. It just makes it tough. I think like Chopper shot the one. He was a driver the other year, but he, I think the first bear he chased out ran up ahead and the second bear didn't know what was going on and he just ran back and then ran right to Chopper and shot him. Yeah. So I think there was two bear in there. Because then the other one went out to another guy and he missed it. So it's not like he, he just was a driver and got lucky and the other bear spooked, but they didn't know what was going on because so thick in the laurel and the wind was right for him and one ran one way and one ran the other way and he got one. Thanks for tuning in to another Woodsman Podcast. I hope you took something away from this episode and enjoy being a woodsman this year in bear season. We'll see you.